ML Nation, episode 173. You know, the, the key is exposure. It's not about the yeses and the noes. It is, but it isn't. It's really about exposure. And if you can condition your mind to get the emotions out of it and just to think about exposing and putting people in front of the business, everything else will work out. If you want to be successful, you just have to copy what MLM leaders do. Welcome to MLM Nation, presented by your host, Simon Chess. Where you'll learn strategies, secrets, and inspiring stories from today's top MLM income earners. Hey, MLM Nation, this is Simon Chan. Before we start, let me ask you a question. Do you have trouble sponsoring people? Or would you want to sponsor people who are potential leaders, smart, successful entrepreneur type of people? If you have, you want to sponsor more, you have issues sponsoring, I highly recommend you check out my free sponsoring workshop webinar. It's a two-hour webinar. I know it's kind of long, two hours, but and it is, is intense. Please plan to take notes and pay attention. Um, you learn how to avoid the five deadly prospecting mistakes, a couple of closes, and the three type of prospects, and how to really get smart people into your business. Uh, it is a two-hour webinar. I do offer it a couple times a day because I know we have listeners from different parts of the world here, from not just the UK, but Europe, and also in Africa, and also in Australia. So it's a couple times a day. Go to sponsoringworkshop.com, okay, sponsoringworkshop.com, and where you learn basically the techniques I use, and it's a duplicatable system, uh, how I I sponsored over one person a week for over two and a half years and basically helped me retire from my job and still gives me a six, even though I'm not building anymore, a six-figure residual income today. So go to sponsoringworkshop.com and I look forward to seeing you on the webinar. MLM Nation, this is Simon Chen and I am fried up to bring our special guest today, Jeff Street. Jeff, are you ready to make it happen? Absolutely, Simon. I was born ready. Jeff Street was an entrepreneur who owned multiple Nextel wireless stores when he first encountered his MLM mentor at a landmark meeting. It took his mentor five years of consistent follow-up before Jeff finally decided to get started in network marketing. Within three and a half years, Jeff earned over a million dollars in MLM. Today, Jeff has over 10 years of MLM experience and has over 10,000 distributors and even more active customers in his organization. He has won numerous awards in his company. He's a Platinum Regional Vice President, a President's Club member, 2011 Circle of Champions member, and has been featured in Success From Home magazine seven times. However, Jeff's most important achievement in MLM has nothing to do with money, though. Four years ago, he really didn't want to go to the specific home meeting, but somehow he got himself to go. Little did he know that it was at this meeting that he met his lovely wife, Melissa, who he's now happily married to. So Jeff, I've given MLM Nation just a brief intro, but please share more about your background and how you came across network marketing. Yeah, no, absolutely, Simon. And first off, just want to mention it's a, it's an honor to have an opportunity to do this interview with you today and, you know, followed you guys on Facebook and listened to a, a bunch of your uh, podcasts and blogs and just appreciate everything that you do for the industry. So it's just a, a, an honor and a, and a privilege to get a chance to uh, be able to, uh, to do this interview here with you today. So thanks for inviting me on. Well, you're welcome. You know, it's a ton of fun to talk to like successful leaders like you. So it's fun stuff. I, well, it's, uh, I'm excited to uh, get a chance to share a few uh, a few minutes, and hopefully that you know there's some people out there that can get some things out of what I have to have to say. And I know, like I said, there's a lot that I've gotten a chance to get from some of the people you've interviewed in the past. So appreciate that. You know, as far as you know, I go. You know, I got started in MLM uh, when I was 19 years old. And, uh, you know, it was interesting. I remember getting my first phone call uh, to attend a network marketing meeting. And what's really intriguing was that phone call assignment. It actually came from my, my ex-girlfriend's mother. And uh, it's always interesting when you get a phone call from your ex-girlfriend's mom. You don't really know what to think. <laughs> Uh, I, I remember like yesterday, I had just gotten back from the, the beach and I'm sitting there in board shorts, a t-shirt. I used to have blonde hair down to my chin at the time. And I don't even know what she did, what she said. I just know that she was excited and she talked to me about a meeting that was happening in her house in 30 minutes and she edified the speaker that was going to be coming out. And just based on her enthusiasm and her excitement, I literally showed up at the meeting. 
And I remember being there, like I said, board short and a T-shirt and, and everybody else was in suits. And I'm pretty sure there wasn't one person that was there at the meeting that day that ever looked at me and said, oh, yeah, there's going to be a future leader in the network marketing industry. So I was involved at that company for about four years. It was the greatest personal growth and self-development experience of my entire life. Um, got a chance to go to several company conventions. Uh, I was actually building the business a couple days after I got started in a city uh, that I wasn't from, meaning where I had started to go into college at. So my upline wasn't anywhere near where I was living, and I was forced to start reading books about network marketing, read your first year in network marketing by, uh, by Mark Yarnell, and just started really cutting my teeth in the industry and learning you know, what to do. And you know, I never had a lot of success financially in that business. Uh, but I built a, a decent little organization for a college student. I think I had about 500 reps in my team when it was all said and done and, you know, made enough money that I didn't have to have a full-time job while I was in college or even a part-time job, just built a little business out of my dorm room. And, you know, I literally put everything that I had into that business, you know, blood, sweat, tears. And I was sold out to that particular company and saw the opportunity and saw the lifestyle that could be created from network marketing. And I was hooked and I was determined that that was going to be me saw other people my age in that particular company, individuals like Nakota Bragg and Adrian Imerall and Sean Herrick saw what they had achieved. And I was just blown away of the with the possibilities of what somebody could earn in their early 20s. But it never happened for me in that company. You know, I worked really hard, like I said, put everything into it. And, you know, the company ended up going out of business. And when that company went out of business in my head, I was done with network marketing. And I actually, uh, like I said, had a ton of personal growth, self-development from that experience. So I had met an individual that did very well in the wireless business. So I thought I'd take some of the skill set, some of the entrepreneurial uh, mindset that I had developed, the leadership skills that I learned from that first business, and uh, open up and start a traditional business. And I, I remember literally having my employees used a memory, a network marketing memory jogger to write a 100 names list as employees of my company, just saying, listen, let's start with who do you know? Let's go out and get some customers for you from the people that you know, in addition to who are may, who may or may not, you know, walk into our retail store. So I was done in my mind with network marketing. I told myself I would never do it again. I told myself whenever I had children, I would make sure, however, that my kids got involved in the industry because of the personal growth, the self-development, you know, who you're able to become from the industry was just unlike anything that I had ever, you know, experienced. Definitely far more, uh, you know, allowed me to grow far more than, you know, my, even my college education. So I was pro network marketing, but not pro network marketing for me. I thought to myself, you know, I just can't make it happen. I love the growth that I had. I love the person that I became. I'm going to use a lot of what I learned and, you know, and apply it to traditional business. That's what I got to do. And, you know, I was dead set on, on, on never getting involved in the industry again. So as you mentioned, it took my mentor five years uh, to recruit me. And uh, that's kind of what was going on in my life at that, uh, you know, at that point. Now, let's go back to the moment that like you talked about, um, you grew a lot because of network marketing. And, you even wanted your kids to get in career. But why did you say no to it? Was it some type of bitterness that you felt that you, you put all this time into it and the company didn't work out? Or you, just, you were just too busy and thought you were doing better things? Why did you just say, totally shut off, hey, this is not for me. This is for others, for my kids, but not for me. Yeah, you know what? You know, I, I gave four years of my life to it, literally put everything that I had. And at the end of the day, I saw the company you know, go away, go out of business. I never saw myself have that breakout success. So I thought to myself... Maybe I'm not cut out for this, love the experience, love the relationships, love the people that I met, but maybe this just isn't in my cards to be you know, what my calling is. Maybe there's something different that, that's there for me, and maybe this is just a, a stepping stone. But I, I did a, a personal growth and self-development course when I first opened up my retail uh, cell phone stores. Uh, you think you'd mentioned it earlier on. It was called the Landmark uh, Forum or Landmark Education, and it was at that weekend uh, that I met a gentleman uh, by the name of Patrick Mazur. One of the top earners uh, ever in the MLM industry, and we became friends over that weekend. And he talked to me a little bit about what he was doing uh, with this particular company. I had actually heard of him; I had heard of the company before. But you know, I just in my mind, I was tunnel. You know, I just I, I was tunnel vision, just focused 
on my new endeavor. I'm building my you know retail empire and thought that was going to be the big thing for me. Loved the concept that I had developed. And you know, in my early 20s, I had five uh, retail stores and you know did pretty well. I did you know very well in the business to business channel for Nextel and had some success uh, with my retail locations as well. And uh, I just thought that was going to be my future. So what did Patrick do? Because Patrick's like a legend in this industry. What did he do that made you attract to him, uh, attracted to you? Did he prospect you? Number one question is, did he prospect you immediately when you met him at Landmark? Uh, I'm sure the answer is probably no. But something attracted you. How did he keep in touch with you and follow up until you finally, five years later, you just said yes? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a great question, Simon. And you know, I remember, you know, Patrick and I connecting that weekend, not talking about what each other, you know, did, just, you know, really connecting as individuals, you know, building a, a relationship, you know, creating rapport, developing a friendship. And at the end of that particular event, I remember approaching him and thinking to myself, wow, this guy is, you know, phenomenal. He's incredibly sharp. And, you know, maybe I can get him to sell cell phones for me. You know? <laughs> and I remember actually, you know, approaching him and just saying, hey, you know, we should, you know, keep in touch. Would love to connect with you. You know, do you have a card? And at that moment, when he gave me his card, we had never mentioned each other's last names uh, over the whole uh, weekend. So when I, he gave me his card, it, it had our you know company logo on it, and it had his last name. And instantly, I was like, "You're Patrick Mays. I've heard your name." And uh, we ended up, you know, having coffee, just talking a little bit about, you know, old uh, MLM war stories and, you know, what had worked and what hadn't worked. And, you know, he had shared with me at that point, you know, he had actually only been in this particular company uh, for just a handful of months, maybe a year. He was just getting started, starting to have a little bit of, uh, you know, success, but nowhere near uh, the legend that he's turned into today at that time. Uh, but, um, you know, again, everything that w- that uh, the way he carried himself, his demeanor, you know, who he was. You know, I was definitely intrigued and wanted to learn more about, you know, about him. So we we kept in touch and probably every handful of months uh, for five years, he would uh, just give me a call and, you know, update me on what was going on, what was happening, you know, with the company, what his achievements were, how he was growing with the business. And, you know, I remember uh, at one point I was just like, I I don't want anything to do with this guy. And it's a funny story. I used to have a double sided um, mirror. In, in the back of one of my stores. So when I was in my you know workshop area or in my office, I would be able to see who was walking in, uh, but they could not see me. And I remember one day he walked in and I just said to one of my employees, oh, not this guy again, do me a favor and just tell him I'm not here. And I remember hearing him say to my employee, really, that's interesting because his car is right there. <laughs> and, you know, it was funny. And it just, um, you know, it wasn't the, the right time. I was just, you know, focused on doing what I was doing. But, you know, he uh, never gave up. And I always tell people when circumstances change in life, uh, your mindset changes. And I went from doing, you know, pretty well in my early 20s with my retail store to Sprint and Nextel merging together. And the day that that happened, I lost half my income overnight. Found myself bartending on the side. I was catering for a catering company, maxing out credit cards to meet payroll every month. At one point, I went six months straight without taking a paycheck from my own company. And one of my stores got robbed. So I became uh, pretty open-minded. And I remember, like yesterday, waking up. And there was a quote on my wall. It was an old uh, MLM quote that I literally just kept with me wherever I moved throughout the years in my early 20s. And what the quote read, it said, the day that you know that you've made it is when you can't go to sleep because reality is better than your dreams. Hmm. And I remember looking at the quote that morning and literally just had tears in my eyes because there I was, I was you know, 25 years old. I was watching my business fail in front of my eyes, and I just kept thinking to myself, I am nowhere near where I thought I was going to be at this point in my life. And I just remember saying a prayer that morning, you know, just asking the Lord to, you know, send something my way, give me a sign, give me something, you know, give me something else to focus my efforts on, give me some way to dig myself, you know, out of that, this mess. And I remember sitting in my store that day, literally banging my head up against the wall, dealing with, you know, insurance claims from the, you know, robbery. And all of a sudden, this brand new red Mercedes Benz SL500 hardtop convertible uh, pulls right up in front of my store. And I remember looking at the car and I saw the top, the top open and uh, then I saw it close and then I saw it open again and I saw it close again. Then I saw it open and close again two more times and out of the car walks Patrick Mazer. 
And he told me years later that he wanted to make sure when he pulled up that he had my attention. And he had my attention. <laughs> wow. And I, I remember him walking in my store that day with a smile on his face, a tan, custom clothes. Literally, the reflection from the diamonds in his Rolex almost blinded me when he walked through the door. And just looked stress-free. You know, just looked absolutely happy. And here I was so stressed out with traditional business. And I remember him walking in and, you know, and I was just like, tell me this isn't from that MLM thing. And he just started laughing. I go, what else do you do? He goes, nothing. I go, when's the last time you've done anything else? He's like, four years. I was like, all right, man, when's the meeting? Take me, take me to the meeting. Introduce me to your master. What the heck do I got to do? I got to do something. And, you know, the next day he took me out to a, a, a meeting and just literally texted a textbook, you know, edified somebody else, even though he was one of the top producers in the company at that point in time, didn't make it about himself. He made it about me meeting another gentleman by the name of Michael Kane, who is another, you know, legend in the industry. And I went out to a meeting the next day, met Mike Kane, uh, signed up that night. And, and I was, ready to uh, just uh, uh, stick my toes back in the network marketing industry. And uh, within a couple of months, it, uh, I, I was uh, diving headfirst in. I, I went to a, a company event, a national convention five weeks in. I can probably talk about that a little bit more later on. That was just an incredible experience in its own, uh, but was just sold out at that point and went you know full throttle. In my fifth month with the company, I, I hit a position called team coordinator. And in my sixth month, I made uh, just over $18,000 for the month part time uh, with no inventory, no deliveries, no collections, no employees, no fixed hours operation, and uh, nobody suing me. <laughs> and I sold my other business and uh, the next month and never looked back and literally made more money in my first six months uh, than I had made in my best two years combined uh, with, my, with my previous company. Wow. And without the headaches. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, uh, getting back to Patrick, when did he present? Uh, did he ever give an official presentation to you until he came up with the red convertible? Did like did he ever present to you and you said no to him? And he followed up. Or was it more like he, you knew what he did? He he told you about it, but he never. What was the first official presentation? Um, probably the presentation that I went out to when I saw you know Mr. Kane. I mean, we had we sat down several times. I was very familiar with MLM. Uh, I was very familiar with this particular company. I was very particular, very familiar also with the industry that that our company uh, is involved in as well. My my first uh, network marketing company when I was nineteen was was in the telecommunications industry, so I knew a lot about it. But it really wasn't until the night that I went out to meet Mr. King that I had seen an official ACN presentation. He really just dripped on me. You know, for five years, you know, success leaves clues and, you know, longevity definitely equals credibility and, you know, seeing him grow and develop and the success that he was having. And, you know, he just dripped on me for five years until it became the right time. Now, why did you have success so quickly? Like you made 18K uh, in your six months, in one month, right? 18K? Sure. How did you have success so quickly? While many distributors, like especially our listeners here, maybe they're struggling. What's the difference? What are they not doing that you, you did? Well, I hope it's okay to say this, Simon, but I was pissed off. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I like it. It's no BS, no hype, right to the point. Yeah, and what I mean by that is I had said no for five years. So you know, I watched him go from, you know, square one, you know, to making millions of dollars with the company. I was watching, you know, my business fall apart and literally my back was up against the wall. Uh, when I first filled out my IBO application uh, the night that I got started, I that was, you know, 10 years ago and technology has changed a lot in the last 10 years. And I remember saying to Patrick, hey, listen, how long is it going to take for me to get my ID number? And, you know, those were code words for me and oh. saying, how long do you run my credit card? Because I knew if they ran my credit card that night that my credit card was going to get declined. I mean, that's how bad things were. I was $50,000 in, in credit card debt. And I remember the very ne- and he was like, well, it's going to take about a week. We got to mail it in. Is that OK? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I can wait. No problem. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm in, in my mind, in my heart, I'm like, oh, thank God. Hey, I can figure it out. I can find a way to get 500 bucks in the next week somehow, right? So I called up my credit card company. I was like, listen, like, I've never missed a payment. You know, I've paid the minimum every single month. You know, you guys have made a ton of money on interest in me. I've never missed a payment ever. How about you let me owe you an extra 500 bucks? 
and I uh, got onto a, a supervisor and they, they approved me. And, you know, I didn't tell Patrick uh, that story until uh, the day that I got promoted to regional vice president. I was like, look, do you know that the day that I signed up, if you ran my card, it would have bounced. Wow. And uh, we just got it both got a chance to, uh, to laugh about it. So I was, you know, definitely at a point where I needed to make things happen for myself, Simon. There was no doubt in my mind um, that, that, that it worked. I saw the success he had had. The other thing I failed to mention earlier on is even though I didn't become a, uh, a representative, I had actually become his uh, customer five years before. So I was on the service, you know, for, you know, several years. So I believed in the product. You know, I knew what type of success he had. I, I saw other people that he had coached and mentored. I knew he could take me where I wanted to, you know, to be. And, you know, I, again, five weeks in, I was blessed uh, to go to a company, a national convention that blew my mind. And, you know, at that point, it was like, all right, I got to make this thing happen. And, you know, and, I, and I, we just went to work together, locked arms, and you know, it was just like it, it's either this is going to happen, or or I'm probably going to file bankruptcy. But just you know, made it happen. So I want to talk about uh, what you said. Just make it made it happen. You're really fired. You really put all your effort into it. What was your routine like? Because I, I know a lot of distributors say, "Oh, I'm going to make it happen. I want this really bad, the desire." But then they don't really. I, you know, I asked them, "What did they, What did you do yesterday?" They're like, "Oh, you know, they didn't." To me, it's not. They didn't really want it that badly. So for you, when you first started, you wanted it badly. What was your typical day like? What would you do? Sure. Well, when I first got started, Simon, I still owned uh, five retail stores for my first uh, six months. So I was, I, I pretty much needed to be at one of my locations from 10 in the morning uh, to basically 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock at night every single day. Um, I literally, um, I would not go in on Saturday mornings uh, so I could go to the company uh, Saturday morning training. And then I was, you know, working at my office again on, on, on Sundays. And in the beginning, when I first got started, was actually driving a catering truck Sunday afternoon, too. So, you know, I was really busy. But what I did do is, you know, I, I just didn't sleep for a while. I, I burned the candle, you know, at both ends. And I'll, I'll tell you a couple of funny stories that just come, come to mind here as, as, I'm, as, we're, as we're talking. But, you know, I was, you know, talking to people who would come into my store, you know, throughout the day. You know, in between store, in between customers, I was making phone calls and inviting people out to PBRs, you know, scheduling two-on-one meetings. You know, just I remember I used to put a cone in front of my store in the morning so that Patrick could pull up and, you know, it pull up in the Mercedes and he would, you know, come to my store in the beginning for maybe an hour or two every day for the first two weeks. And I just kept putting people in front of him. You know, and the other thing, too, is, like I said, you know, we, we had a, a home meeting a PBR system. And, you know, what we you know started doing is, you know, is, is meetings on the evening, you know, two two meetings every night. As soon as I got a little bit of uh, momentum going, I think I had, you know, 10 uh, distributors at the uh, end of my first month. By the end of my second month, I had about 30. And I remember um, on, on my fifth month anniversary, I had 211 distributors and about a thousand customers in my in my team. So, you know, just built fast and furious. Like I said, you know, in between customers, you know, when I was driving from one place to the next, making phone calls and I would literally get out of my cell phone store at five o'clock at night and drive down to Baltimore uh, multiple times every week uh, to get there in time to do a uh, seven o'clock presentation, would do another one at nine, got back on the road at, you know, 11 or so, got back to Philadelphia at like one o'clock in the morning, slept for a couple hours, hit the gym in the morning, and then back to my store, just doing the th same thing all over again. And was going to Baltimore, was going to Virginia, was going to New Jersey. You know, sometimes I had meetings in Philadelphia and was just running. And, and again, I burnt the candle at, at both ends for a while. And the great thing was, is the uh, cell phone store uh, side of the candle, it burnt out. And uh, the day that that burnt out was one of the happiest days of my life. Matter of fact, it was actually my 27th birthday, I believe, that I uh, locked the door in the cell phone store for the last time, uh, five or six months after I got started with the company and, and never walked back in. Well, wow, that's a nice birthday gift. It was a great birthday gift. That, that, and uh, Patrick, Patrick's birthday was actually two days after mine. So I remember uh, we rented a limo and actually took a bunch of team members and celebrated and went up to uh, New York City to see uh, Tiesto. And that is a birthday that I'll never, ever uh, forget. Well, that is very, very cool. Very, very cool. Very inspiring. Your schedule, 7 p.m. meeting. I'm taking notes at 9, 7 p.m. meeting, 9 p.m. meeting, 1 a.m. Philly. Wake <laughs> up early to the gym. That, ML Nation, this is what it takes. You know, you want to talk about making money fast. Um, and, and, 
And I remember, no, here's the other story I was going to tell you too, Simon. I was, I was mentioning some stories just started coming into my, in, into my mind is when I realized that I was close, meaning when the momentum really started to kick in and I knew that if I hit the next level with the company, with the momentum that I had, my income was going to absolutely explode as soon as I hit it. And it was just that last final stretch where you could, you know, see the finish line and you know that you still have a little ways to go. But as soon as it be, as soon as it gets in sight, you just get a little bit more endurance to start running harder. And I remember the very last five days before I hit the position, uh, I, uh, you know, wasn't uh, working uh, a full time schedule at my business at that point. That's for sure. I was there when I could be. But at that point, I was like, all right, this is about to be my pass. Like, if we're closed for a few hours, I don't care because I want to be closed forever real soon. And, and I, I remember at one point driving down, uh, leaving work, driving down to Northern Virginia after closing my store, about a four-hour drive, got to Northern Virginia probably around like 9 o'clock, did a meeting there, and uh, drove from there to Reagan International uh, Airport in D.C. And I had a flight in the morning to go to Buffalo, New York. Now, at this point, this was really before I started making much money in the business. And I hadn't taken a, pay- a paycheck in my cell phone business at that point for probably like 10 months or something. So I didn't have any money. My credit cards were maxed out. I remember getting to the D.C. airport at like 2 in the morning and my flight was at like 530 or something. And this was in March. So, you know, it's not exactly the you know warmest time of the year in the northeast. northeast. And I realized, OK, I got like two hours before I get into the airport. I really don't have the money to get a hotel room. What do I do? And I remember um, opening up the windows a little bit in my car and literally sleeping in my car in the airport parking lot for like two hours. Going in, flew up to Buffalo, did a couple presentations there uh, that night or that day rather, spent the night there, uh, literally flew back to D.C. the next day, was like completely exhausted drove up from there to Baltimore, did a presentation at the Raven Stadium, drove back to D.C. that same night, did a presentation, drove back to Philadelphia, and the very next day jumped in the car with Patrick to drive up to do a presentation together in North Jersey where I was literally calling my kindergarten teacher who I hadn't spoken to in like 20 years on the way to the, uh, you know, to the training just trying to get the last couple customers that I needed to hit that last position. And then the very next day when the computer updated, uh, the promotion had gone through. But that, those last five days were probably the hardest working five days that I ever had in my life. But I could see the finish line. It was like, all right, here we go. One last push. Let's just go all in and let's just you know do whatever it takes. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. It's so inspiring. I think it's, it's all about the mental toughness. I think if you can go through those five days like that, you feel like don't you get the feeling of like invincibility? Like you can almost accomplish anything if you go through those five days like that. Hey man, I, I needed to make it happen. I can see the finish line, and you know it's funny. I haven't thought about that in you know several years, and I, I'm inspiring myself just by hearing that story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going I'm to tell that one at my leadership class that I'm doing later on tonight because I haven't told that one in a long time. But you know what I found is you know in this business and in life, it's just you know doing that extra five percent that you didn't think that you had in you, but just doing it anyway, uh, that's where the magic happens. It is really, really inspiring. And I'm a, and, and, and ML Nation, go listen, hit the rewind button a couple of times and listen to that. Because I always say, I want to make it happen. I want to make it happen. I really have the desire. But chances are, your desire, your work ethic is nothing compared to what Patrick just, sh- compared to what Jeff just shared. What he did in those five days is very, very inspiring. I mean, I was checking notes and kind of lost track of all these places you traveled to to make it happen. So thank you for sharing that. It's very, very inspiring. Uh, ML Nation, go listen to that again. Um, now, Jeff, to move on, I know your business was growing, but what was, and we talked about this before the interview, can you share about the turning point where your business really kind of exploded and took off? What was the big aha moment that you had? Uh, the biggest aha moment was definitely my first big uh, company event. And, you know, I was having a, a little bit of, uh, of growth starting to happen in my business. Like I said, my first, you know, several uh, weeks, but I, I was still kind of even though I wanted to make this work, I needed to make it work. I always tell people that Patrick believed in me, even at a point in my life where I didn't really believe in myself. 
meaning I was really shaken from all the things that happened you know, to me with what was happening in the wireless business, the loss of income, going from doing pretty well to all of a sudden you know, just not being able to spend money on, on anything, not having a clue how I was going to you know, pay my rent. So I needed to be rebuilt as a person and get the belief back in myself to really make this thing you know, work. And I remember sitting at a, a Saturday training a couple weeks in and you know, during the training, Patrick asked everybody to write down your why. What's the reason why you're doing this? And you know, everybody in the industry, we all know how important it is to identify what our why is. And, and you know, what I wrote down that day is that I hate what I do and I have to get out of the cell phone business. I have to get out of this retail, these retail stores. You know, it's, I have no life. I literally used to take four days off a year, Christmas, New Year's, Thanksgiving, and Easter. And I just wrote down, I have to get out of this retail business and I want to have a life again. And at the end of the event that day, he talked about the upcoming national convention that was two weeks later, 3,000 miles across the country in Anaheim, California. Now, I already told you financially what it took for me to even get involved in the business. Now they're talking about flying to freaking Anaheim. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> there's just no way. I can't do it. And it was, it was December 2nd of 2005 was the, was the event, was the national convention. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, I get it. Professionals get trained by professionals in anything. If I want to be a doctor, I got to go to med school. If I want to be a lawyer, I got to go to law school. Like that was all very logical to me. So a lot of the points that he was making on why you should go made sense, but I didn't have the money. And even on top of that, the best time of the year for retail, what's the best time of the year for retail, Simon? Oh, Christmas time. Yeah. And what's the best day of the week? Friday. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The, the, the weekend's the best time for retail. And, uh, and that's when the convention was the first week of the Christmas season. And I remember just thinking to myself, I'll go to the next one. There's no way I can go. <laughs> I've downsized so many people at this point in time that if I go, I got to close down my store for an entire weekend and it's just going to decimate me. Like I needed that Christmas holiday money to keep my business afloat. And, you know, again, I was just a couple weeks in, you know, to, to my business at that point, three weeks in. So I was excited, <laughs> but I, I didn't, you know, realize what was about to happen. And so at the end of the event, I didn't register uh, for the convention. And Patrick walked up to me at the end of the event. He said, you didn't register. I go, yeah, I know. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, look, like you're somebody that has what it takes, Jeff. He goes, I've been after you for five years. He goes, you have what it takes. He goes, I want to lock arms together. I need you and I to be on the same page so we can get back and kill this thing together. I was like, Pat, I get it. Like, I'll go to the next one, I promise. And he looked me in the eye, and Patrick always just had a way uh, with words, still does to this day, of just knowing what to say. And I don't even know where he comes up with this stuff, but he looked me in the eyes. He goes, Jeff, procrastination is the thief of opportunity. Hmm. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, how come you're not going to go? I go, Pat, you know, wireless business, you know, Christmas, retail, downside, I'm going to close the store. He goes, I get that. He goes, just out of curiosity, when we wrote down, when I had everybody write down their why earlier on today, what did you write down? Turn your paper over. And I turned it over and it said to get out of the cell phone business. He said, Jeff, you know what the problem is with most people? Most people have their why become their why not or their excuse. You can't let the reason why you're doing this be your excuse of why you're never going to make it happen. And I remember just looking at him blankly and just saying, all right, I'll go. I have no idea how I'm going to pull it off, but, but I'll go. And I remember two weeks later getting on the plane and I'm flying to California and I'm thinking to myself, man, there's good th the good thing that there's you know, windows on this plane that you can't open because if there wasn't, I'd probably jump out. Like, What have I done? I've lost my mind. I drank the Kool-Aid. What the heck am I about to go to out to this big you know, rah-rah thing for the weekend? Like, what am I doing? And you know, when I saw you know, the president of the company speak on that uh, on Saturday morning and just saw his integrity and his vision for the for the company, something started moving in my heart that I hadn't, you know, experienced in a long time, Simon. And later on that afternoon, uh, there was another uh, industry a legend, a gentleman by the name of Danny Bay. And I got a chance to see Danny get carried up on a stage uh, by his team uh, with a song that I realized that was his song that he chose. And it was like a, a Olympian winning the gold medal at the Olympics. And when he went up to the podium and they gave him his regional vice president pin and he shared his story 
and he talked about coming from a different country. And he talked about when he first got started, people called him the hello man. He was a greeter at Starbucks, and the only thing he knew how to say was hello. So they called him the hello man. And he talked about learning English through network marketing and just hearing his story and what he accomplished. It was at that moment that I like planted my flag and said, this is it. Like I will be on that stage. I will get carried up with by, by, by my team. I will carry up others in the future. And I believe that it was that moment at the national you know, event uh, that you know, was my biggest aha moment, just seeing him on that stage. I'll never forget you know, seeing him up there, and I'll never forget telling myself, you know, that's going to be you someday. There, there, is no, there is no questions. Like We're going to go out and make that happen. That's going to be you someday, Jeff. I love you shared like uh, what Patrick said that um, most people, most distributors, their why becomes the why not. I think you gave a great example. Your why was to get out of the cell phone business, but you almost didn't go because you wanted to work the cell phone business, right? It was kind of like ironic. You want to get out of it, but you you felt you didn't, you couldn't go to the convention because you needed, you know, or else your cell phone business will go out of business. But the whole point was for you to leave, but you almost didn't go because of it. So. What what do you think would have happened if you, uh, you know, unfortunately you did go to the event. If you didn't go to the event, would you think Patrick would still have worked with you? I'm glad that we never had to find that out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he would have, but we're glad. He, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I can tell you what, I, I would not be, you know, hanging out in my kitchen right now with a hooded sweatshirt on with my dog sitting next to me talking to you on a, on a Friday afternoon. I would be, you know, in some cubicle somewhere or probably, you know, in a in a business that I was, you know, that, that I owned that was probably failing at the time and definitely would uh, be a lot more stressed out than I am right now. That's for sure. So thank you to Mr. Patrick Mazur for believing in me at a point in my life when I didn't believe in myself and just being non-negotiable about getting me to that, uh, that first national convention. You know, Patrick did a lot of follow-ups, and, uh, which actually leads me to uh, you know, your training. You're very well known for uh, kind of like your tra- trademark training. Called, it's about follow-up called 100 Squares Training. Uh, it's a very unique name, 100 Squares. Can you talk a little bit about it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Patrick taught me that the fortune is in, you know, the follow up. And, you know, a lot of times what I've found is find is that, you know, we get involved in this industry. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people have been pitched on a lot of different things. And, you know, sometimes they're not, you know, introduced to the business model the right way. And they've got friends and family members that have failed in the industry. And they've got this, you know, preconceived notion on, you know, what the business is going to be. And a lot of times, you know, we get started and we have a, a home meeting or we have a two on one or however, you know, somebody's building their business in their particular company and people are taking a look at the business and a lot of times in their own mind, they're thinking to themselves, okay, well, this looks pretty good, but every other friend that I have that's tried this, you know, quit within a couple months. So let me see if this person is still doing it a couple months from now and then maybe I'll take another look at it. Now, they don't actually tell us that. They make some kind of an excuse or a justification on why timing isn't right. But I really believe a lot of times, you know, people, you know, just want to see what is it that you're going to go out and, you know, and do. You know, Patrick was my, you know, Roger Bannister. I always tell people, you know, the story of Roger Bannister was the first person to run the four minute mile and never in history had it been done. And they said it was scientifically and medically impossible that would somebody would have a heart attack and die if they ran at that velocity. And then on comes Roger Bannister and he studies his stride and he goes out and breaks the four minute mile barrier which is incredible but what was even more amazing and I wish I could remember the exact numbers but over the next couple years you know hundreds of people went out and did the same thing and it's not that gravity changed it's that one person went out and showed that it was possible so I believe in our industry a lot of times we got to go out and be that Roger Bannister for other people and people come up to me all the time they're like hey Jeff can you teach me how to cold market recruit and I'm like yeah you know cold market's good I can teach you that but what I'd really like to teach you about is your gold market. And people are like, what do you mean my, my gold market? I was like, your gold market. All the people that you've put in front of your business that didn't get started, that probably don't even know that you're still in the business, that don't even know that you've had some level of success, that maybe circumstances have changed in their life. And maybe if you just gave them a call and told them what was happening, they'd be blown away because they expected you to fail. They expected you to not make it. They expected it to quit. They expected you to quit like some of the other friends that they had that had been in this industry, you know, in, in the past. So sometimes just letting people know what's going on has them blown away and has them say, wow, you know, I, I want to go out to, to the meeting. So 
that kind of segues into your your question, Simon. So, you know, another mentor of mine, you know, talked to me about how network marketing, you know, the, the key is exposure. It's not about the yeses and the noes. It is, but it isn't. It's really about exposure. And if you can condition your mind to get the emotions out of it and just to think about exposing and putting people in front of the business, everything else will work out. And he told me, Jeff, you can never control what your downline does. You can never control what your upline does. The only thing you can control is yourself. And when it comes to working on you, you got to work on two things. One is you got to work on growing and developing as a person, becoming the person that people want to follow. And he goes, the other thing is you got to master personal recruiting. He said, because you own your own football team. He said, that's the way I want you to look at it. And, you know, if you're the GM of a football team, you're limited to only be able to put on the field the players that are on your roster. But every week during the season, the GM's always looking to make the team better. Every year when the season ends, the GM's focusing on trades. They're focused on drafting. They're focusing on finding that next Super Bowl quarterback. But you can only put the players on the field on Sunday that you have in your roster. And and what my mentor told me, he said, you got to master personal recruiting. And I read a book. It was called uh, Go for No. I can't even think of the author, but, you know, it was just amazing. And it's kind of what got me to come up with this training. Again, he talked about, you know, exposure being the key. And he said, Jeff, if you just, he said, it's like you got a bucket of oysters. And in those oysters, in that bucket, you know, 97 oysters don't have a pearl in it, but three oysters do. And you got to just go through that bucket and find those three pearls. And he goes, but you can't focus on the ones that don't have a pearl in it. He goes, you can, you know, put those to the side, go back and look at those later, but you got to just keep digging. And he said, I would make a a chart. He said, I would put a hundred squares on it. And every time you introduce the business to somebody personally, I would write their name on the square. I would put the date down. I would put how you expose them, meaning was it a company event? Was it a PBR? Was it a one-on-one? You know, how did they physically see the presentation? Not you called to prospect somebody, but they actually saw a presentation. He said, write their name down in the square. Again, put down what happened, put down the date, and then leave a space on that square uh, for notes. And he said, your mission is to fill up those hundred squares. And it just kind of changed my philosophy, Simon, because I remember doing it for the first time. And, you know, I would go home. And even if I got a few no's, I would be I would my mindset had changed from being upset about the no's to being excited about adding a couple names uh, to my grid, to adding a couple to filling up a couple of uh, squares. And then what he told me to do is, you know, every 30 days or so, do a round of follow up calls to every single person that has a, uh, you know, a a square and tell them what's happening. Tell them any new changes, update them on any promotion that you have. He goes, anytime you get a promotion, you should call everybody, tell them what's happening and just say, listen, I know circumstances sometimes change in people's lives. I just wanted to call you to update you on my progress to see if maybe now timing might be a, a little bit better for you to take another look at this. And uh, so that's what I would do. I would, you know, write down my notes. And, you know, I I remember the last time I still do this exercise this day. And, you know, even as a platinum regional vice president, the last time that I did uh, this exercise, I'm actually doing it right now. I think I'm on square number 92. But my very my first nine squares were all no's, even as a platinum regional vice president. Hmm. But then all of a sudden at number 10, I got a yes. And number 11 was a no. Number 12 was it was a yes. And all of a sudden, I got three or four yeses in a row. And I also got customers from people that decided not to join as well. But, you know, it's interesting. In the beginning, it was fill up 100 grids, 100 squares on a grid, and you'll get to that level that you're looking to get at. You know, at the time, it was team coordinator that I was shooting for. Now, today, it's all right, do another uh, another grid of 100 squares, and I'll find at least one superstar somewhere in that grid. I just don't know if that superstar is going to come from square 82 I don't know if it's going to come from square one. It could come from square 99. But I know if I go through the numbers because of the law of averages, you know, I'm going to find that person. So it's just it's a great visual. Uh, I challenge anybody to do it. You know, and it's interesting just by doing it, you start thinking about all the people you've personally exposed. And some of the people listening to this interview, you'll write down who you've personally exposed and you'll have your you know grid of 100 and you'll look at it and be like, oh, my God, I've only personally exposed like 18 people. 
no wonder why I'm not having success. Like I, I got 82 empty squares here and it'll just give you that, you know, motivation to start to fill up those, you know, squares. So, you know, I, I hope that was, you know, helpful. I do a whole, you know, uh, big training on it. I know that we don't have a ton of extra time, but, you know, hope that that's something that was helpful. Really, really good. And uh, ML Nation, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in the recap and review after we let Jeff go. Uh, a couple other um, questions, okay, before we wrap up, Jeff. Uh, one of them, I think it's such a cool story. Can you share with us how you met Melissa, your wife? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was actually, uh, you know, for me, uh, it seems like through my career, great things always happen around my, uh, around my birthday uh, in, uh, in this business. And it was uh, four, a little over four years ago. Um, I had just uh, moved into uh, a home right on the ocean in Newport Beach, California. Literally, my patio uh, was on the sand, and I had uh, done a, a did a was doing a training uh, that that morning. It was the day after my birthday. My brother and one of my best friends were in town uh, visiting, and we had tickets uh, later on that evening to actually go see uh, with another friend to go see uh, Jeffrey Dunham, the ventriloquist uh, up in at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. And there was a home meeting happening in my team that day at three o'clock. And I had somebody cover it. I was just thinking to myself, okay, it's the day after my birthday. I'm going to do the training in the morning. But if I go do this meeting, it was an hour away. I was going to have to go to the training, go back to my house, drive an hour to the meeting, drive an hour back to my house, drive an hour to L.A. and then drive an hour back to my house after the L.A., you know, after the show, all in the same day. I'm like, you know what? I got friends in time. I got this new place. We're going to have a little barbecue, you know, just uh, have some fun on the beach and just enjoy the day. And I remember it was an hour and three minutes before the meeting started. I got a beer in my hand. I got a cheeseburger in my hand. It just came off the grill. We're hanging out. It's a beautiful Newport Beach day. And I just had this urge. I got to go to this meeting. And I remember telling my brother, I think I go to the meeting. He goes, what? I go, yeah, I got to go to the meeting. He goes, when is it? I go, it's, it's like an hour and three minutes from now. He goes, how far away is that? I was like, it's an hour. So <laughs> he's like, you're crazy. I was like, I know, but you know, crazy people make crazy money. So I don't know. I think I'm supposed to go to this meeting. And I literally went in, like put some clothes on. I think I still had sand, you know, sand underneath my shirt, and underneath my jeans, but drove to the meeting and uh, walked in. And as soon as I walked in, I just remember my eyes just, you know, just saw this amazing, uh, beautiful woman. And I remember thinking to myself immediately, wow, she's gorgeous. Can't look at her. I'm here for business. And then <laughs> dur during the presentation, uh, she was just you know, nodding the whole time, was the one person that definitely gave off the best energy. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, don't make eye contact with her. Can't talk to her. <laughs> and you know, finally, the presentation ended, and she was the person that I knew was like the most likely person to sign up. So like, oh, man, I got to go talk to her. So I go over and talk to her. And, and uh, you know, lo and behold, uh, she signed up uh, to do the business. And uh, it took me a couple months then to get her to sign up for me, but uh, you know, <laughs> but that's uh, that's how we uh, how we met, and it was a meeting again that I wasn't uh, supposed to uh, to go to. And just another really amazing story about promoting the company events is a week later she went to her first training and uh, she registered for that for the company event, and then she disappeared for literally like two months. And I kept, you know, trying to call her, getting her to schedule a home meeting, help, you know, trying to help her get some customers. And, you know, it was because she registered uh, for the event that a few days before the event, I was actually able to have her listen to a conference call that another, uh, you know, leader that I, you know, I, I enjoyed your interview with him, actually Max Knowles uh, was doing for my team. And Max and her were similar in age. I was like, listen, you got to at least listen to this call. Uh, so I, I thank Max very much for my marriage. <laughs> and uh, she, she actually listened to the call that day. It was like the first training call she had ever plugged into, called me back. She's like, oh my God, I'm fired up. Like, I'm going to be at the event. I'm coming to the convention. It's a couple days from now, right? And, and uh, yeah, that, that weekend was uh, the first time we ever, uh, we ever kissed. So thank God for that Patrick taught me how to promote events. And thank God for Max Knowles doing that conference call. And thank God for going to the meeting that I wasn't going to go to. That is an inspiring story. What was the meeting at? What part in California? Uh, the, uh, the convention? Uh, no, the home meeting that where you were you still had sand and just had that beer and cheeseburger. You oh, it was in, uh, it, the meeting was in uh, Torrance. I see. That's funny. I live in Torrance. You, you know Torrance, right? I know, yeah. But it's like, you know, on a weekend, that's um, L.A. traffic, man. It's no picnic driving all the way from Newport Beach to Torrance. So uh, Yeah, and again, it was the day after. I mean, normally it's like, all right, whatever. Like, I'm a road warrior. I'm up for whatever. But it's like, all right, the day after my birthday, friends and family in town, like, doing a training in the morning, then driving to Torrance, back to Newport, back to L.A. at night, and back to Newport all in the same day. And uh, 
Uh, I'm so glad that I did it. Very cool. What part in Torrance was it? Because next time I'm going to drive by, I'm going to think about you now. What part in Torrance? Do you remember? You know, I don't even remember the last time I've been to Torrance, but <laughs> thank God for <laughs> GPS navigation. So Yeah. Well, uh, by the way, ML Nation, Max knows another awesome uh, leader, amazing, amazing leader. He was on ML Nation, first season, episode 16. So you can uh, check that out. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, Jeff, last thing before we move on. I love your quote, crazy people make crazy money. I think ML Nation, that's a good uh, good one to write down. Uh, as we wrap up, a couple of really, really quick questions just to pick your brain. And these could be like one word or one sentence answers, okay? Yep. First one, what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? Sure. Um, two things. Your attitude determines your altitude. And when preparation meets opportunity is where success lives. What is one habit that's helped you become successful? Writing down my agenda for the next day uh, before I go to sleep at night, uh, writing down three things of gratitude, and in the morning when I first wake up, uh, write, reading my goals, looking at my agenda, and uh, going out and getting a workout in right before I get my day started. You can't control what happens in the middle of your day, but you can control how you start and end it. And by the way, it's very inspiring when you talked about you got back, like you did meetings 7 p.m., 9 p.m., get back to Philly at 1 a.m., you still wake up early in the morning to work out. Super inspiring. I love that. Uh, what's the best piece of advice you ever received, Jeff? It was from my cousin. It had nothing to do with network marketing. I was uh, first time I lived in California was for six months when I was 20, uh, 20 years old. And I was doing an internship and I was living with my cousin in Huntington Beach. And at that point, I realized I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I realized I was never going to have a job. Quit my last job that I ever had while I was living with them. And I was like, look, you know, I'm not going to finish college. Like, I'm just going to go start my own business. Like, you know, employment is just not for me. And I remember my cousin saying to me, you got to go finish your education. I go, why? Give me one good reason. He goes, because if you don't, you're going to get in the habit of quitting what you start and you'll quit what you start for the rest of your life. And uh, the next day I re-registered, I ended up, you know, finishing my degree while, you know, uh, owning a, a business that I started while in college. And just, uh, you know, from that time, just always had the mindset of finish when you start and never quit. What's your favorite prospecting tool? So say someone's qualified, they're a good qualified prospect. Do you use a newsletter? Do you send a link to the online video? Do you do a Skype meeting? What do you like to use? Um, sure. I mean, if somebody, uh, there's a, a CD that I heard a long time ago that I loved. It's called The Business of the 21st Century by uh, Robert Kiyosaki. And I think it just gives so much uh, validity to our industry and how times are changing and what's happening in the industry. And uh, so if I, uh, if I meet somebody at a presentation that hasn't gotten started, I'll, I'll actually leave them with uh, that recording uh, to listen to. And typically, I'll also um, send them like a YouTube link of somebody that I think maybe they can relate to uh, hitting the position of regional vice president or senior vice president with our company. Do you have a favorite online resource like a Dropbox or Evernote or favorite app on your phone that you could recommend? Um, not really off the top of my head. I, I, I like you're a great online resource. I mean, I like listening to your interview. <laughs> Thank you. That means a lot coming from you. Uh, what's one book you could recommend to ML Nation? Sure. Um, Andy Andrews, The Traveler's Gift. You know, one of the things that I tell people, especially people that have never done anything like this, that are looking for really a change in their life. Uh, I think it's just an absolutely amazing book. It's a great story. It's easy to read. And, uh, you know, that, that's uh, one of my uh, all-time favorite books to recommend to people. And ML Nation, I know you love audio because you listen to this amazing interview. Uh, so if you haven't read it, you can get an amazing free audiobook at MLMNationBook.com. That is MLMNationBook.com. Now, Jeff, here's the last question, the million-dollar question. You ready? Sure. Hey, ML Nation, before we go to the million-dollar question, here's a special, special offer for you, listeners only. You can get 90 minutes of coaching every single week. If you have any questions, problems, challenges, you can email me. I'll answer them on a live webinar every Monday, even if you can't can't attend it. It's recorded and posted within 12 hours. Um, and it's, you also have access to over 50 different trainings. And most importantly, you have these implementation guides, like how to do your own uh, home meeting, how to do your first one-on-one meeting, how, the three-script prospecting, uh, that don't, only three scripts you ever need. 
Uh, and so on and on. There's over 17 of these trainings. I normally sell them for $47 each. But for ML Nation Insiders, you get it all for free. Now, if you go to the website, it is $47 a month. But for ML Nation in- listeners, okay, there's a special offer for you listeners out there. You can get a dollar trial for seven days. Uh, just go to MLMNationInsider.com. Okay, you have to go to that specific specific. You just go to MLMNation.net. You're not going to get it. You have to go to MLMNationInsider.com. $1 trial for seven days. If you love it. You don't have seven days. You can download them. Do whatever you want. I want to put the resources out to help you. If you don't like it, you can cancel. But I think you'll like it. So check it out. MLMNationInsider.com. Special uh, dollar trial for you. All right. With that said, let's go back to the show. Imagine you had to start all over again and you knew no one. You didn't know your wife. You didn't know anyone. No friends. Your contact list was zero. But yet all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. So you kind of got an alien that went to another planet and they spoke English. What's the first thing you do to find prospects or the first place you'll go to find prospects and fill up that 100 squares and build up an ML business from scratch? Sure. I I watched a a YouTube video a while back from uh, Jordan Adler, who is the author of uh, Beach Money, phenomenal uh, network marketer. And uh, there's a video that he does about the power of, you know, building relationships through uh, networking groups uh, to be able to build your MLM business. And I, you know, for me, I, I love, you know, building and developing relationships and finding, you know, quality, you know, people over just quantity. So the very first thing that I would do is I'd find a really strong networking group, uh, relationship, you know, like a BNI or something like that in whatever area I was living in. And I would make sure that I didn't go to bed at night until in addition to that, that I talked to at least 10 random people uh, every day. As we wrap up, do you have any last words of advice? And then what's the best way our listeners can contact you and connect with you? Sure. Um, you know, my biggest advice is that, uh, you know, never quit this industry. There is so many possibilities. You know, I can't imagine, you know, doing anything in my, else in my life than, than being involved in this industry today. But, and just remember, a no may not be a no forever. Don't forget about my story. Remember the fortune is in the follow-up. And sure, would love to be able to uh, connect with anybody. You know, uh, my email ad- address is jjstreetenterprises at gmail.com. Uh, my personal cell phone number is area code Two six seven nine seven four one zero five nine, and you know you can look me up on uh, on Facebook uh, on underneath Jeff Street as well. ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and today you've been hanging out with Jeff Street. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.net and type in Jeff at the search bar, J-E-F-F, and the show notes and all the nuggets of wisdom, Jeff's contact info. Definitely reach out to him; we'll be right there. In order to be successful in network marketing, you must help others. So, Jeff, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you, and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much, Jeff, again, and God bless you. Thank you, Simon, so much for the time today. And, uh, again, uh, just kudos to you and love your program. And it's been my pleasure getting a chance to uh, share some time with you here today. Thank you so much. ML Nation, I know you already know the benefits of having a home-based business many benefits. And one of them is tax savings, right? Through legal tax deductions. The problem is, is always the nightmare of keeping things organized, all your receipts, all your mileage, all that stuff documented. And, you know, once a year, you got to get all that stuff to use your accountant, CPA, put for taxes. So now there's a really cool tool called TaxPod. Go to mlnation.net forward slash tax. It helps keep everything organized. It works for the iPhone. It works for Droid. It works for all platforms. Uh, it works on your desktop. Super, super cool. Just use your app. And the best part is uh, when you have to meet your accountant at the end of the year to submit your taxes, you just have to go to the app and it'll prepare all the documentation for you, calculate everything for you. Really, really cool. Save you tons of time. And really, seriously, the time you have should not be spent on doing this admin task. Your time should be spent in prospecting, you know, following up with prospects like Jeff talked about, the 100 squares, following up with good prospects, your gold market, following up, not doing this admin task. So definitely leverage technology and tools. So check it out, mlmnation.net forward slash tax for tax bot. Again, mlmnation.net forward slash tax. Highly recommend it. It will definitely make you more productive and maximize your tax savings. So definitely check it out. Tax spot at mlmnation.net forward slash tax. ML Nation, Simon Chan, and here's a quick recap and review. Uh, First of all, go and reach out to Jeff Street. What an inspiring story and uh, just amazing leader. I mean, the focus, the dedication, desire. Uh, reach out to him. Go to mlnation.net. Just put in Jeff, J-E-F-F, and you find him, Jeff Street. Reach out to him. 
tons of nuggets of wisdom. Uh, he's very accessible on Facebook. He can even gave you a cell phone number, email, reach out to him. You can definitely learn a lot from him. Uh, there's so many notes. I mean, I took like two or three pages of notes here. Um, but I think the main thing is about desire. I would go back. You know, I, I hear people say, oh, I know, you know, I got to make MLM work. I got to make this work. It's going to do it. And then they just don't make it happen. You know, Jeff makes it happen. I mean, that time when he talked about he did a meeting in, in Baltimore, and then he went to uh, in a Washington, the Reagan Airport in Washington, D.C. He slept in his car for two hours to take a 5 a.m. flight to Buffalo, did a meeting, flew back to D.C., and then he had the meeting in uh, Baltimore, and then drove to Philly, did another meeting, then drove to New Jersey. I mean, I, how many states is that? Let's see, one, two... You know, uh, went from Washington to Buff, New York to Washington, you know, Maryland, New, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Six states, right? Uh, like five, di- five different states, but six different states in five days to wrap up to get his, uh, you know, his to get his promotion. And he talks about do the extra five percent, do the extra five percent. And I, and he was so inspiring. I liked what he said. Crazy people make crazy money do things if you listen to whatever most people say and, and that's my thing be the purple cow be different if you listen to what most people do you get what their results are right and for it's just a, such a cool story that like he went to the meeting on his birthday in torrance took an hour away to get there and then of all people he meets his lovely wife melissa there so very very uh, cool story another great lesson i love it i don't know if you picked up with it the best advice she got had nothing to do with network marketing was from his cousin which was don't quit college because if you quit something once, you know, you're probably easy to quit something again, something else. And other people have said this to, uh, and you know, if, you know, I went to college for four years uh, and, you know, I wasn't the best student at Columbia, but one of the things that really helped me out was, and by the way, I got into Columbia not because I was smart. It was just because my parents pushed me, pushed me, uh, you know, made me to work hard and, uh, they would give me allowance as long as I studied hard. So I wanted my toys and stuff like that. I wanted a new bike. And even when I was a kid, I wanted my G.I. Joes and Transformers. So as long as I studied hard, I'll get my allowance money to buy this stuff. So I wasn't necessarily the best student. But one thing I did learn was, you know, I used to cut class all the time. And, like, I would have to study 10 chapters in five days of, like, engineering mechanics or calculus, seven chapters of calculus, differential equations, you know. And I could have – it was all so miserable. But – I think this is one of the, if you talk about what I got out of college, was like somehow I hung in there and I made it. Okay, now I didn't get an A. I didn't probably get an A minus. I got like a C plus, B minus, but sometimes one class barely passed, but I made it. And it's that habit of not quitting, like even though it's worse, but somehow I survived, I passed. That really developed a lot of the uh, toughness I had later on when I got started in, uh, in network marketing. Like when I got started, it's like, it doesn't matter how bad it is, I'm not quitting. And no matter how tough it is, I'm telling you. Um, Prospect Saint Nuno is not as bad as studying engineering seven chapters of engineering mechanics or whatever. It's totally brutal. Um, I love what Jeff talked about the hundred squares training. You know, definitely reach out to him. It's so good because it makes it like a game, right? It makes it a prospecting game. It's like kind of like in the Super Bowl. You take a pool, you want to buy up these squares, or like bingo, you want to buy up these squares. That's the main thing I thought about, like football pools, right? The Super Bowl, you buy up these squares. So fill up the squares. If you can fill up the squares, and I love that. We always talk about going through the numbers, but the squares is good because it's so visual. You can see it. You can see like, hey, I'm missing. And I think a lot of people say, I talk to everyone, no one's interested. But like Jeff said, oh, you look at your squares, you only talk to 18 people. So you got to go out there. And it's not really the code, like we said, not the code market, but the gold market. Um, so really, really good stuff. Uh, and, you know, he's talking about Patrick was his four-minute mile. He proved it. And, by the way, four-minute mile, right after Roger Bannister broke that in 19— uh, don't quote me on the date—in the 60s, he broke that. Immediately afterwards, Cup other runners broke that four-minute mile as well. So it's all about the belief. Another big aha moment is company event. You have to go to the company event. I love, I love uh, what he shared. A lot, for most distributors, your why— Okay. It becomes your why not. And I see this all the time. You need, you know, uh, you know, we mentioned Jeff saying why was to get out of the, get out of the cell phone business. Uh, but then all of a sudden, you know, like he has to go to an event. It's during like the prime holiday season. He's, oh, I can't afford to leave my cell phone business. Right. And then becomes, so the why becomes the why not. I, I see a lot of distributors. My why is to go in for my kids. But then they let the kids, oh, they use the kids as excuses to not to do the business. So stop making excuses. Just make it happen. You want to make it happen? Look, look at this. I'm writing these notes. Jeff did it part-time. He had the store. In between his customers, he'll make phone calls, prospecting calls. He did two meetings a night, 7 p.m. And then that one time, 7 p.m., 9 p.m., then drive down to Philly. 
and then still wake up early to go to the gym to build that mental toughness. You know, two meetings a night. Really, really good stuff. Um, last thing is, and I'm going to go on, you talk about like network marketing just for personal development. I mean, that alone is a win in network marketing, just from the personal development alone. Like he would, um, you know, when Jeff has kids, he's going to get both of the kids into network marketing just for the personal development. But last big aha moment, and again, I could talk on and on, but this show has been going long enough. Uh, so I highly recommend this is something you want to go back and re-listen, is when Patrick, you know, the Patrick came up with the red Mercedes and got his attention, when they brought him to the meeting, Patrick still used someone else to present, okay, introduce that, because the business was not about him. It's not, he got someone else, he introduced him to the Michael Caine, right? So, Really important. Again, the more you talk, the more you lose. But people always think you got to do what you did to them. If you talk too much, you become like a salesperson. So Patrick, even though he was very, very successful, still used someone. Now, I don't know if Michael was a cross line, up line, down line. Has someone meet Jeff. That's really important because the business is about the team. It's not about being the best salesperson. It's about you know something simple. Someone's interest in the business. Show them a tool or get them to talk to someone else. If you're doing all the talking, sales, training, you're doing it the wrong, wrong way. Because you're, and it's probably the reason why, it's not probably, definitely the reason why people are not joining because they think when they get started, they got to do what you did to them. So, awesome show. Definitely reach out to Jeff. I can go on and on, but it's really good. Uh, definitely reach out to Jeff Street. Go to mlnation.net, find his contact info, and uh, share this episode. Really, really good. Very inspiring. I think I love it. It's like it talks really about what it takes to be successful. You know, you got to go to a company event. You got to do the 100 squares, reach out to people. And a lot of times you probably haven't talked to enough, as many people as you think there is. And also, desire, what it really takes to be successful, being extremely focused. Uh, definitely reach out to Jeff. Share this episode. And if you like ML Nation, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. And uh, ML Nation, I'm proud of you for listening. I'm proud. Thank you again for Jeff for being a giver, sharing such valuable info. And remember, everyone, ML Nation, we are on the profession to help others. So go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining us today on MLM Nation. Head over to MLMNation.net for full recaps of every show, our training articles, and helpful resources. Your MLM success is waiting for you. So prepare to take off.